the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Well, they played their best tonight, and the Blue Shirts get two points versus the Seattle Kraken. We'll talk about it. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, Glenn Scott with us. And also, we're going to deep dive into the Winnipeg Jets, as well as the same Seattle Kraken, uh, as far as the other teams around the NHL will cover for this week. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about it. Capacacos returning. He got a goal tonight. Uh, well, we, actually, the cat was return versus Washington, uh, the home game version, not that trash road game on Saturday in D.C. We're talking about the win on Sunday, uh, the back-to-back, the second the second part of the back-to-back home-and-home uh, home with the Capitals. But blue shirts, uh, they give it and they take it away. Terrible game in St. Louis. Terrible third period in D.C. on Saturday. But a makeup win on, uh, on home ice versus the same Capitals and a nice win uh, tonight and in a, a game, you know, I, I don't get caught up on the shot on goal type of thing. And I've talked with our people about that for years. And tonight's game was perfect example for that. But let's talk about it. Glenn, say hello to the people. Scott, say hello to the people. But Glenn, say hello to the people first. How you doing, man? Um, doing good. It's nice to uh, see them have a couple of wins uh, under their belt before we got back together because that was a, a brutal stretch there they had for those four games and. Uh, would have been a lot worse if they hadn't uh, kind of gotten back on track, played better defensively, and uh, got us a couple of wins. So uh, right. uh, am I ready to say that they're back? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. Certainly not like they were early in the season, but, you know, at this point of the year, you you got to get points. So uh, they were able to uh, put together a couple of good wins, and uh, we'll see where we go from here on the uh, Western Road Trip. Yeah, we'll find out. Let's see. Scott, I'm surprised you're not in Montreal for the New York City uh, Professional Women's Hockey League versus Montreal <laughs> tonight. That's actually a pretty good game right now. But how you yeah, doing? Well, I, doing? Yeah, well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, everybody. Um, yeah, admittedly, I didn't watch that game. I had a Ranger game going on instead here. Um, but uh, I did watch um, – what was I watching? The end of the, the New York-Minnesota game uh, – uh, where uh, New York won in, uh, in overtime. I mean, I, I apologize. I don't know any of the ladies' names yet, but I'm sure I will. But that was actually a very exciting game. I, I turned it on around the third period. But, um, you know, as, as for tonight, yeah, I'm, I'm with Glenn. I'm, I'm not yet just yet ready to call him back. Um, I really wanted to sweep Washington, and it was a, that's a little disappointing. Um, in fact, you know, even though they won that second game, I was still very, very frustrated. All right, two goals here, two goals there. They win one, they lose one. Like, why can't we just, you know, just have an onslaught of goals here? Washington's not very good. Um, so th- this one was kind of the tipping point here. They needed this game. Um, it, it, they definitely needed uh, to put something together before going out to California and Vegas, and I'm glad that they did. Uh, would have been a little more comfortable uh, if if they had won that first Washington game. They uh, kind of fell apart there at the end, but 
so be it. They won two in a row. Let's look at the good. And, uh, you know, they needed this. Um, you know, it looked like uh, they took their typical uh, second period off. Or it looked like they were, they started that way anyway. But they, uh, they, they weathered the storm, got it together, and then put the game away pretty much uh, by the end of All that right. period. So good, good to see. Cool, cool. Let's uh, let's bring on Carl. Carl's joined us, I think. Carl, what up, man? How you doing? Well, you know, I'm talking with you on the football shows, but what's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> Things are going well, gentlemen. We have reached the halfway point of the season, or just about over it now. I think it's 43 games now. I think it's 43 was the game played tonight, so things are going just, just well. We're finishing up uh, tonight's ball game and uh, watching a team that I feel like is just kind of just kind of getting by. Not exactly. Well, well, we'll talk about it as the as the show goes along. But maybe your thoughts and feelings might be kind of mirroring some stuff that I've been noticing over the last, I would say, couple of weeks. Right. Let's talk about it. We'll start with Glenn. But Glenn, I'll give me about thirty forty five seconds. Um, going back to the St. Louis game last week, and um, we just got out, just outplayed thoroughly at Scott Trade in St. Louis. Um, the Washington game, especially in the third period, and this is where, is it goalie, is it defense? To me, it was breakdown and defensive mishaps, especially at Adam Fox, who actually started off the game very good. The third period with the mishandling of the puck, and especially the Dowd goal, the tie the game, and then the go-ahead goal, the Rangers uh, defenseman getting just thoroughly beaten, leaving Jonathan Quick on an island. That game disgusted me. Both of those games disgusted me. But nonetheless, uh, the return of Capocaco beating the Washington Capitals uh, the next day, that, this time on home ice, uh, Panarin gets it off, you know, you know, jump starts the game uh, with, a good, with a goal and Lafayette, hey, Scott, you know, we were just talking off in between episodes. Uh, Lafayette kind of came kind of came through for you, bro. But um <laughs> Outside of that, tonight game, uh, Seattle, and we're going to talk about Seattle as well on this episode as well, who were running a nine-game win streak. They, they, they got shut out uh, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the Penguins uh, the, in their previous game before us, and then also Winnipeg. And I see what's going on with Winnipeg. They're, they're all about the defense. And now that I saw them, uh, especially the game on Saturday versus the Flyers, that's, their, that's the way they're going to go, and I don't blame them, man. But, Glenn... Give us your thoughts on the Rangers, but also if you could give us your tidbit on the Winnipeg Jets as well as the Seattle Kraken. And same thing with you, Scott, and Carl, if you could chime in after that. But we'll start with the blue shirts and then also your your thoughts on the Jets and the Kraken. Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, the St. Louis game was uh, pretty brutal, but, uh, you know, Bennington had a real good game. Uh, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give it to him. He did make a, a bunch of very good saves and that could, game could have been more competitive uh, than it was. I mean, I didn't think they played terrible, but I think what I saw in that game and what we saw in some of the uh, uh, games right before it was, you know, like you said, a lot of turnovers, defensive breakdowns, sloppy play in the neutral zone. And then the, the puck is coming right back into the Ranger end. Um, and I think it was after the St. Louis game that Truba uh, in the post game had said something that, you know, they got to kind of tighten up uh, the defensive aspect of their game. Um, you know, we were talking early in the season about the 1-3-1 and how quickly they had adapted to it and how well they were playing defensively. Um, I don't know if they've lost it a little bit. I haven't noticed it being as effective as it was early in the season or if teams are just, uh, you know, game planning 
for that and, and doing some different things to get around it. But, uh, you know, I mean, that four-game losing streak was, you know, a lot of sloppy defensive play, uh, not the best goaltending. Um, and then uh, I was disappointed over the weekend with Washington. I was looking for a sweep, too, especially with them uh, not having Oveskin for those two games, even though he's having a, a pretty tough season himself. Uh, but uh, Charlie Lindgren is uh, uh, becoming kind of a ranger killer. Uh, shut him out earlier in the season, uh, won the, the 3-2 game, which, you know, again, uh, you know, they gave up two goals in, in, in a minute or so, uh, and that was a 2-1 to game. And then, you know, boom, boom, you're down 3-2, and, uh, you know, they were kind of reeling a little bit. But, uh, uh, again, I'm happy to see that they, you know, the game on Sunday against Washington and tonight was – uh, you know, I thought it was an improvement defensively. It was kind of a, a workman-like wins against teams that you should beat. Uh, so, again, that's why I'm saying I'm not sure they're back yet. But, uh, you know, they were, uh, you know, playing playing two teams they should beat, and they, they were able to just kind of, uh, you know, do what they had to do to win. Um, quickly, and I guess we'll get into it a little bit later, I mean, we saw Seattle uh, uh, today. Um, and they're hard to pinpoint about why uh, they did as well as they were doing. They got off to a brutal start, uh, and then this 10-game uh, winning streak that they just had kind of catapulted them back into contention. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you look at this team, and it's like they're not getting particularly great goaltending. Um, they, they really don't have a lot of scorers except uh, McCann and, and Eberle. Um, and, and they're kind of hard to pinpoint, so we can get into them a little bit further. Uh, as far as Winnipeg goes, um, I, I think the one thing that you uh, that stands out against Winnipeg is at this point of the season, they're playing their 43rd game tonight, uh, and they're the only team in the league that still has not given up 100 goals yet. So uh, I think uh, when you look at the Winnipeg Jets, you see that there's uh, more of a commitment to uh, defense. They've got a lot of talented players on their team. Uh, right now, Shifley is out for uh, um, kind of don't, don't know how long yet, but uh, Shifley is out, and that's going to hurt them. But they just got Kyle Connor back tonight. Uh, so just as a little tidbit on, on Winnipeg, uh, I think it's a commitment to defense that's uh, got them playing as well as they are. And uh, we can get into them a little bit more uh, later if you'd like, Steve. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go throughout this episode. We're going to sprinkle in those other teams, the Kraken and the Jets. And that's the same thing I'm seeing, Glenn. Is I, I was When you guys brought that up last week, I was like, okay, this can't be the center Winnipeg Jets. I'm talking about the same game Scott was at for Halloween. No way can it be those Winnipeg Jets. But by or far, you're right. They they do not give up goals. They are committed to the defense. And I, I'm glad. You know, it, it's good for them that they do that because they can't score. Uh, they can't even score on the power play, and their penalty kill is trash. So they have to play even strength, solid hockey defensively. And and it's been working for them. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Year to year with this league is crazy. Scott, your thoughts on the blue shirts? Uh, I, I know you're probably going crazy what happened in St. Louis. I, I mean, I think the D.C. game will piss you off probably even more than that because I was irate looking at that game in the third period on Saturday, Scott. But your thoughts on the blue shirts and then your thoughts on the Kraken and the Jets as well. 
Yeah, like you know, like I said, I really wanted four points, minimum three out of Washington. That's you know, that's a division rival. That's uh, you know, with the at the time the season you know may have been petering on uh, you know what we were talking about that last uh, last week. You know, or, or is this team what they were in the first? 25, 30 games, or is this this team, uh, the 500 team that we've seen for the last, uh, you know, two, three weeks? Um, So I think that, you know, I would have liked to have, hopefully this is the turnaround, but I would have liked to have started it there, and they were, what, seven, eight minutes away uh, from it, and they just couldn't get that extra goal. And, uh, you know, that, that the difference was they couldn't get it uh, on Sunday either, but they, they did hang on. Igor played great, got a, two games in a row now uh, that, that he's played great, and we got to give that to him. Uh, he did that a couple of, last week or a couple of weeks ago and then kind of imploded in that St. Louis game. So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> ah, I'm not, I'm okay. Right, man. Any, right. Water, 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 water. Rangers got them. Rangers got them all choked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That wasn't even in my fire. Here going on Sunday. Laughing here going on Sunday got you choked. Yeah, up. yeah, like, yeah. No, good, good, good for Laffy to get one. And yeah, he has played better. He's. It's just so. I mean, he. You know, good, good that he finally got one. Um, I mean, yeah, he's becoming a, a pretty good assist guy, a pretty good passer, but. Uh, you know, too many turnovers and 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 can't you just can't bury those goals, those those you know the the, the sniper type goals that we were hoping. You just you just can't. Well, anyway, yeah, and I don't I want to turn this into a laughy bashing fest because you know I can get rolling on that. But uh, uh, good good to see uh, Kako. Kako has has been born again since he came back. Uh, very good to see him get one tonight. You know, okay, shake off those demons real early. Uh, you know, in game two here back. So uh, yeah, it's got to be great for the confidence for him because you know he was a disaster before he got hurt. Maybe this injury was a great thing for him. I'm going to clear his head out. But uh, I think he, he looks like a completely different player since he's been back. And I'm good to see him get on the board, uh, you know, nice and early in his, uh, you know, in, in his return. So that, so that was nice. Um, yeah, as far as the Jets, um, uh, yeah, I was just, you know, while you guys were, while you brought that up, I was looking. They're the only team in the league that has let up less than 100 goals, uh, 97 goals. That's clearly where they're, where they're getting it from. Because uh, uh, you know, 139 they've scored, not not all that impressive. Uh, this is certainly not the same team that I saw on Halloween. Uh, you know, good good for them. <laughs> uh, you know, because again, I'll bring it up again. You know, uh, around early November. When we, you know, they might have been in draft pick mode, and Devils fans were starting to uh, chomp at the bit about, uh, you know, possibly getting their goalie. But uh, obviously, they're not giving up him now. So. Um, yeah, you know, while while we're talking about uh, you know other teams, you, you know, it's interesting stat. Um, uh, Edmonton won. Uh, well, first they won their franchise tying uh, ninth straight win, and they and they beat it with their tenth, and they they finally lost. But I found that kind of interesting that with with the, the entire decade that they had in the eighties. Um, and I have those in the, I have their, their season by season in front of me here, you know, starting in 82, 48 wins, uh, 47 wins, 57 wins, 49, 56, 50, 44, you know, that's the 82 to 88 with, you know, just, just completely just blowing the, the league out that they d- didn't get a 10 game win streak in there. 
and and that that just now here in 2024 that this team that started off so poorly um, has set the franchise record for win streak. Now you got to you know take it with some context there. Of course, you, you know you can almost asterisk it there because you know back on then or back then I'm sure that they I'm sure that they had what I didn't do is was explore to see how long an unbeaten streak is because remember back on then five on five five minute OTs you had you know a ton of ties so it was very very rare that you actually got no T win so I'm sure that they had more than a 10-game unbeaten streak with a tie or two in there. And in looking at this 10-game win streak here, uh, two of them were one in overtime, and one of them was one in a shootout, which, of course, didn't even exist. Um, and, of course, the overtime is three-on-three three rather than the five-on-five. Five. So there is some context there that it's a lot not a lot. It's easier to get a 10-game win streak these days uh, than obviously it was back then in the 5-on-5 OT days, but I just kind of found that surprising that they did not put a 10-game win streak together in in the decade of the 80s with how dominant they were. So, uh, good good for them. Congrats to to, to these Oilers on that. All right. Cool, cool. We'll come back around to you, get some more thoughts. I have some questions for you, of course. And and Carl, uh, your thoughts on the blue shirts, uh, as of right now, we're in the division, but also the last couple of games of the St. Louis game, the two Washington games, and the nice win tonight over the Kraken, who were playing well. They lost to Pittsburgh right before us, but they were on a nice nine-game win streak. What are your thoughts on the Blue Shirts as of right now as it stands? You know, tonight was obviously a very nice win to kind of, you know, these last two games to sort of get off the, the four-game, um, you know, Schneid. I thought they had a little bit of bad luck. And in a couple of those games, I thought they had they should have gotten a little bit of a better fate on Saturday uh, against Washington, but unfortunately, you know those, those things kind of happen. But they got the win the very next day uh, back back at home. And then, you know, that, that four game losing streak was kind of interesting because that that Vancouver game, um, I just when I watched it, I was like, okay, I'm, I didn't know exactly what to make of it. You know, when you look at, when you look at the the advanced numbers afterwards, it was like. My my eyes were telling me something that I didn't think I was watching, but I said, okay, I just sort of left let that go. But sort of as a whole, you know, there seems to be now, now that we've had about 42, 43 games of, of work, there seems to be, there was the team that was 18-4-1, and one, and then I think the last, I think it's 10-9-1 is the last 20 games of, of, of information that we have. And I don't know about you guys, but something that I've been I've been wondering is I feel like I'm now sort of watching the same team basically now, the same sort of structure of how this has been playing out for about three seasons, where it's middling five on five, over reliance on power play percentage, and then hoping for good goaltending, and then just trying to piece the rest together. And I don't know how sustainable long term that is to just because as you've noticed over the last few weeks, the the thirty three thirty five you know that thirty to thirty five percent power play has been well they got one for they're one for two tonight but that has come down a bit and I think what's happened is that the result of some of these games if you were getting those same power play goals you were getting the first twenty games that would make a difference in the scores of some of these ball games but unfortunately because you can't necessarily count on that all the time that when you when you can't put a game from you know two nothing to three nothing or a, a game that's late in the second period into third period to get a, you know a cushion 
that ends up, you know, making the, the end difference, you sort of put the game in a, in a precarious situation where it could eventually be tied, you end up losing, and time has gone on, the depth issue of the team has become a little bit more in play. Blake Wheeler got two goals tonight, so that, that kind of makes up a little bit for it. But just sort of on the whole, it's like, okay, I'm starting to see these warts. I'm seeing odd man rushes again that we were seeing in previous times. You know, we're seeing, you know, the, the commitment to defensive structure sort of breaking down. Why? That's, you know, everybody's got their reasons. And, okay, I was like, is this, is this going to be something that's just are, – are they only able to do it for a specific period of time and not are, – are is, is the team essentially – what I'm basically saying is, is the team able to sort of rely on a certain select set of principles that they can be assured of being able to when things go down, when they're at their worst? Because that's really what we're looking at. We're sort of projecting long-term. When things are at their worst, when, when the time is needed – they can rely on A, B, and C, and I don't know the answer. So while we're riding the wave of this season right now, and incredibly, the, the postseason is, is in 90 days. As crazy as that sounds, we're only 90 days away from the postseason, and less than that, obviously, until the trade deadline. You try to figure out, okay, where can you improve the roster, and I don't really know the answer specifically, and maybe you guys can – can kind of, you know, sort of fill in the, those holes for me, but I don't think there's any one particular player that you just say, hey, plug them in and things go a certain way. I feel like there's, it's a more of a team structure issue that might be at hand as we sort of look down the road here. I got hmm. an answer for that. Yeah, I mean, go, go ahead, Scott. Well, I, I, when we were talking about uh, when the season started in, in our preseason predictions, my prediction was that this team is hinges on Kako and Lafreniere, and I, you know, because remember Tarasenko and Kane were out and were replaced by now, you know, the, the kid line obviously is, is gone forever. Um, this team hinged on, on Kako and Lafreniere being able to be the, the top six wingers. And we don't have the money to go out and get uh, another big name winger. So those two had to be ready for the prime time. They have to be not only, you know, they're obviously going to be in the top six, but they have to be able, they have to, to prove that they have to be there. They, they have to be top six wingers, you know, and I, I think that that, pretty much uh, is, is staying true. And, you know, again, Lafreniere is, he's evolving. I think he, he deserves to be there now. He's a little more comfortable. And at least his passing and playmaking is there. And I think the turnovers, you know, he's still, he's still only 22. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, the, 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 you know, I I balanced the 22 versus four now, four years of experience now. Uh, But, you know, he is still 22. Um, so I think he will continue to improve there, but I think he's at least shown that he could be a top six guy. Now, Kako was coming into the season was the one that we were supposed to not be worried about. Um, but then, you know, he obviously had a terrible, uh, well, I think he, I saw the stat, what was it? Four points in 20 games before he got hurt. But again, you know, it, it's all in, you know, maybe he's reborn. Maybe he's not. I'm not, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic by what Lafreniere has, has, has developed into. And, um, 
you know, that what we've seen Kako from last year and hopefully the Kako from last year is now what's returning from injury and he got his head cleared and, and all that. But if that's true, if those, those two are ready to be on the top six and ready to shine, um, again, I think we, 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 we've come to the, uh, you know, acceptance that we're not going to get, you know, Hughes and Bedard out of those two, but they don't have to be. They, but they have to be legit top six winners. And I'm cautiously optimistic that they are. And I think if that is the case, then I don't really see a, a glaring hole that needs to be filled. Maybe it, uh, you know, a four or five million dollar veteran presence if we can afford it down the stretch. Uh, I don't know. We we would need the uh, we would need the accountant RP to uh, help us out with that one. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't see if those two are you know are legit on that top six. And I'm again cautiously optimistic that they are at this point. Uh, I think that makes us a legit contender. So we'll just have to see, uh, you know, all eyes on Kako now, uh, you know, in, in his return. Uh, hopefully these first two games are a, are a sign of what's to come. And uh, then I don't hey, think hey, we Carl, need wanna, the, the big gun. Carl, you want to respond to that? And then um, after that, I'll speak, and then we'll go to go back to Glenn. <clears throat> um, you know, Scott, to your point, you know, I think Last actually had a, a, a bit of bad luck this season. I feel like he – he should. Ha- I think in a in a normal situation, he probably would have more goals than he's had so far this season. So that's, I'm not totally concerned about him particularly. I think the one thing that probably I've noticed it as well, and so has Glenn and, and and you too, Steve, is that you know it seems like if it's not the Panarin Trocheck scoring line right now, everybody else is just kind of uh, is kind of just there for the ride, right right now. And eventually, you know, when that begins to wear off, unless that is just going to continue the rest of the way here, and maybe it will, you know, hey, listen, he's, you know, Panarin, you know, he's, I think he's my, he's, he'd be my MVP right now if I had a, if I had a vote. But, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, where, you know, where's all your scoring going to come from? I, I saw a thing the other day. I think Chris Kreider, I think he's got four goals in his last 20 games. Is that is that accurate? I have to check and see if that's accurate. Uh, maybe maybe that is. But I was like, wait a second. You know, where, you know, where are the other guys here? And you know, because eventually we're going to get to a point where, and if you've noticed the way the standings have played out, I, I feel like the Rangers have to finish first in the standings. This 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 the way this is going to shake out. I that's, that's that's sort of my feeling on this. They've got to have that top seed in, in, in the division this particular year. I think the way the the, the bracket's going to play itself out and just to have that advantage, but the, you know, there's something is just, something's just I feel like something is missing. I can't I can't specifically put my finger on it, but I feel like something is missing. When you mean missing, are you talking about from the offensive standpoint or defense? Both, actually. Um, I don't, I don't feel as if the Rangers have, have been able to be as locked down this season as 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 we maybe have seen in the past. Um, now maybe that's a combination of of, of goaltending, but maybe some of that goal poor goaltending is being aided by poor defense up front as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And you know, the, the, we we talked about. I think the last time I was with you guys, we we're sort of talking about Igor and sort of the. You know what are we to expect, and we don't really have an answer to that question even now. Like, 
are we are we just sort of subject to the high volatility that he is? And that might be the answer, by the way, where 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 there's going to be exceedingly high highs and then stuff that we're just kind of left shaking our head. Maybe that's what it is. I, I, and in I would combination you, with that, with the scoring, because right now I don't feel like they're also scoring enough. That's the other thing, too. I don't think they're scoring enough on a nightly basis. You know, relative to, relative to the other teams in the league, I think the range is the middle of the road in scoring. I feel like that needs to, just on a, on a, on a consistent night and night out basis, needs to improve. And, and I'm with you, because when I'm looking at this since the last week and some change, right, Carl? Matter of fact, I was on the football show with you guys. Matter of fact, when I hopped off the overtime with you, I'm watching the Rangers just chase the St. Louis Blues players all over the ice all night long from, like, the second period on. Like, they just defensively, when I really looked at it, and, okay, as much as I would like to blame the goaltending, and some of it is, but over the last week is really the way they're trying to play defense or try to capitalize off of, Ben don't break opportunities defensively and turn into scoring chances. It worked tonight. I don't know if that's going to work rest of the regular season and into the playoffs because they play this very loose. If you do not secure the puck at the blue line type of game, it could backfire on you. And it was doing that. It was that was happening in St. Louis. That's why Cairo got the uh, hat trick, especially on the last two goals. And one was the breakaway, and then also the last two goals by the Capitals on Saturday. And the game, Avetsky was even there. You know what I'm saying? So uh, defensively, if they could shut that up, Carl, I think you could kind of mask the the deficiencies. Offensively, I think we have a good enough goaltending when they're on their game to to do the job. I, even tonight was an example of a game that it doesn't look like as if they gave up a lot of shots, Carl and, and Glenn and Scott, meaning Shosturka should have had to make some of those type of saves tonight. Even in, to me, it's, the, it's still the defense. If it, I'll pass it off to Glenn and get his thoughts as well. But, Clint, I'll go back to you and give us your thoughts on all the, all the other teams as well. I'll get into more Seattle and um, St. Louis later. But just Cackle's return, uh, him being paired up with Zabinizad and Kreider. Um, also, with Lafayette, opposite, no matter whether whether Pernier's on the left or the right, it doesn't even matter. I think Lafayette is more comfortable on the left, but it really doesn't matter as long as Trocek is kind of heading that unit. It's going to take some comfortability especially for Cal- for that top six to really get back to a scoring, offensively scoring ways. Uh, starting with this road trip, because the, the L.A. game and the, and the Vegas game, those are the really two tough ones. So how are you looking at this, uh, Glenn, as far as now that the Bluesters are going out west versus Vegas? we got we got booking games versus Vegas, because after that road trip, we play Vegas at home again. So <laughs> we got Vegas and L.A., yeah. We should, you know what, I think we should, we should get four points on this trip, at least four. You know, what are your thoughts? But but the more important question, Glenn, now that Kako's back, he's more of the fresh legs due, due to him being out, uh, uh, how do you look at this top six and how it could get more of an offensive punch outside of Panarin? Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, there's been a, a couple of problems that's gone on in the last, stretch of games like Carl said they're 10-9-1 uh, in the last uh, 20 games I guess that is so that's a quarter of the season and they've been treading water and they've allowed 
they've used that cushion that they got early in the season to allow teams like Carolina and even the Flyers, where did that come from, uh, you know, and even the Islanders get within just a few points of them. And, and I agree with Carl. I think they need to, to win this division. And I thought they would right from the outset, but they're scaring me a little bit now. Uh, but I, I think there's been a couple, you know, we talked about the, the defensive breakdowns, but I mean, the problem is, has been in this stretch that the, the Panarin line is the only line that's producing. Um, if you look, uh, there's a lot of guys on this team that are in double digit or to double digit games without a goal. Uh, Carl pointed out that Kreider, uh, I don't know if the number is four in the last 20, but it sure seems that way. Um, Nika, we know is, is very, uh, streaky. Um, and I think, uh, you know, with, with just the, uh, the Panarin line producing, you, you, you know, you can't sustain that. that. That can't happen. And it's been going on for, you know, a number of weeks now. And, uh, you know, you got to feel that uh, Zibanejad and Kreider are going to come around. Um, you know, do you want to blame some of their lack of production on the revolving door that they've had on right wing uh, with Kako out? Yeah, to a degree, but, you know, they're still the two that uh, drive the bus on that line. So, uh I don't want to say it doesn't matter who's the right wing on that line, but it, it almost shouldn't. Uh, Wheeler looked okay for a couple of games, and then he didn't. Uh, now with Kako back, I thought he looked pretty good for just coming back after being out for a long stretch. I thought he looked pretty good in the last couple of games. So, you know, we can hope that uh, maybe he is the answer on that first line. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, like you guys pointed out, I think Lafreniere – uh, deserves to be where he is. He, he's, uh, you know, showing some signs of uh, going to the net and, and passing and uh, show, showing some signs that he can uh, sustain that on, on the second line and, and be uh, 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 a, a good uh, wing on that line. Um, you know, as we get down the road, we'll see what happens with Heedle. We've kind of forgotten about him. You know, we talked about the other two kid line guys. But, I forget. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. Well, I think, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, obviously he's back in Chechia trying to uh, get himself back so, together. He's skating. So, uh, he's committed to coming back. Yeah. He, Can I ask you this? Because I know, I know, I know. At the end of the season, but that doesn't mean anything. But, but. Well, well, the, the, well the let me ask you this real quick. I'm sorry, guys. Let me ask you real quick, real quick, real quick, because I don't want to lose track of that point. He comes back, then Brzezinski, is Brzezinski out? Is, is It can't be VC and Cooley, right? So by process of elimination, it would be Brzezinski, right? Who would be the odd man out I if you give Heat a minute, right? I think so. Yeah, I would think so. But here's the flip side of that. If if Heat doesn't come back and they put him on uh, a long-term uh, IR, uh, then they got a good amount of money to go out and get somebody at the deadline. So, you know, we'll see what happens as we get closer. Um, I, I would like to see them get a veteran defenseman myself. I agree. Uh, yeah. uh, because it, they're in trouble if any of the top six uh, goes down with an injury for a few games once you get to the playoffs. So I'd like to see them go out and get a veteran defenseman. But, you know, the question will be, does Heedle come back? Can Kako, uh, you know, do what he needs to do on that first line? Uh, or do we have a first-line right-wing problem again? So, uh, you know, we talked about that last year, and uh, uh, Drury tried to go out and, and uh, resolve that, 
Um, obviously, it didn't work out, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. But, um, you know, that's something to keep in the back of his mind, that they're going to have a good amount of money if Heedle does not come back. Um, on the flip side, the depth is going to be a lot better if he does come back. So um, I think those are uh, uh, a couple of things to, to look at. But, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic that Kreider and Zemanajad are going to uh, play well. Um, you know, I, I'm optimistic that uh, Igor is going to shake this uh, roller coaster that he's been on for, for a while and uh, kind of get back to what we expect him to be. Uh, the important thing is, you know, and, yeah, I mean, bad defense is tied to – to the goaltending, so I don't want to totally blame Quick and 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 Igor for the amount of goals that they gave up in that stretch, but um, you know they're going to have to uh, clean that up as well. But uh, I mean, I still think this team uh, has what it takes, um, but uh, you know there's still a lot of questions right now. The other guy I would point out too, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but uh, I think still feel like since he's come back, Fox has been kind of up and down too, and not quite himself. Um, you see flashes of him, but uh, maybe I, I just expect more out of him than I've seen. But I don't think Fox has been quite himself either since he came back. So I don't know if you guys have seen that as well. Well, offensively, he's been okay. Like, he'll get off to good starts like St. Louis and Washington. But then it was those yeah. miscues at the blue line, mishandling of yeah. the puck that set up game time I mean, goals. Like, Defensive, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. Oh, before we go to Scott, if you have anything else you'd like to say about Seattle or Winnipeg uh, that you hadn't said, you want to drill down and then we'll go to Scott? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Winnipeg as far as, you know, the commitment that they've got. Rick Bonus has them playing well defensively. They do have talented players. Uh, you know, obviously Shifley, uh, Kyle Connor. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they do have a lot of uh, Ehlers. Um, they, they do have a lot of good players, but they don't have any real superstars on that team, guys that are, you know, uh, going to score 100 points or uh, score 50 goals. Uh, so they're doing it all with defense. But the thing I would point out about that is, um, you know, Hellebuck, to me, is one of the best goalies in the league that, that nobody really notices because nobody watches Winnipeg except the people in Winnipeg or Scott when he goes there. Um, but, you know, everybody talks about uh, Igor and Vasilevsky, and Sorokin, and Ottinger, and maybe Carl can tell me more about that, but I love Ottinger. Um, I think he's really good, uh, one of the top goalies in the league. But uh, Hellebuck's right up there, and he's had a real consistent career with teams that were good, teams that were not good. Uh, so, uh, you know, to me, that's the key to them. And, and, and since this is not, you know, him having a, a – an incredible career year. This is kind of a, a regular year for him. I think that makes them dangerous in the, in the Western Conference. All right, cool, cool. Scott, let's go back to you. Um, as far as the blue shirts, um, you know, Laviolette loves Cooley. I like Will Cooley as well. He's a big, physical, strong, smart kid, especially along the boards. Uh, you know, and Wheeler had a good night tonight. I think he had two goals tonight, an empty netter and a deflection. Uh, he's he's kind of been that secured at that third uh, that on that third line, 
But uh, what are your thoughts as far as the the back, you know, the back six, you know, the the last six, you know, as far as BC and Brozinski and Goodrow's kind of been off and they've been kind of killing him on range of salary caps on Twitter. So what do you? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he is kind of overpaid and kind of not getting the production, man. But um, what do you th- thought on the bottom thoughts on the bottom six and also any thoughts you had to said about the Blues and anything else around the league? Well, that's definitely worth bringing up uh, because that, that bottom six was, I mean, we, we had the best, best fourth line in hockey for a while there. Uh, it's funny because, the, you know, the, the Islanders were always known for, uh, for that for, for years. Um, and I, I got into it with my Islander friend, uh, fan friends uh, about that. When, when, we, when we started to, uh, you know, tear it up and they were in the middle of that, that seven or eight game losing streak, I said, thanks for holding down the uh, best fourth line in hockey. We'll take it from here. And he got all mad at me. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you, you're right. Good, Goodrow, uh, you know, was the, uh, was the spark plug of this team, and he's been pretty much non-existent um, for, for a couple weeks now. Or at least a week, um, but you know, there, there's a lot of fingers to be pointed for you know what's happened over the past 20 games, and it is what it is. Basically, the whole team, nobody really um, has been stepping up, you know, with the exception of maybe a quick. Um, so there's a lot of fingers to be pointed there, and you know, let's just hope that uh, you know whatever they've been going through, uh, they're they're you know, on the way out of, you know, like I said last week, I, I firmly believe that the uh, the team that we saw in the first 30, 35 games of this season, that was the real team. Uh, you know, I did expect them to cool off a bit. I did not expect them to, uh, you know, set any, uh, you know, league records as far as uh, wins and points. But, um, you know, I, I do believe that, uh, that this team is a Stanley Cup contender, and what we saw from the first 30 games was not a fluke. But, uh, yeah, I mean, VZ's been, been, you know, as dependable as we, we could possibly ask for him all, all year. I think, uh, you know, Goodrow hasn't really, uh, you know, hopefully there's nothing going on with him mentally or physically. Um, but, you know, he's been kind of non-existent. He was, uh, you know, I think he was kind of like the glue that uh, holds this thing together you know, as far as the bottom six was concerned anyway. Um, you know, good to see Wheeler get two tonight. Uh, remember, Wheeler was up there on the uh, on the top six for a while. So, again, hopefully, uh, you know, Kako is coming back uh, and, 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 and capable uh, up there uh, changes everything. And, you know, you know, I think we, I don't know if it was me or somebody, somebody said if, if Wheeler has to be, on the top six, then, then we got problems um, because I, you know, I think he, we, we got him for the third line and we, we, you know, we need him on that third line, meaning we need people younger, faster, you know, uh, meaning Kako and Lafreniere uh, on that top six. So I, I think, um, you know, ho- hopefully the, the, you know, the, the Kako coming back from injury, uh, you know, changes the entire dynamic of this team, which, which it might. Uh, because you know, yeah, you had those guys in the in, in the in the third line that were you know being platooned with the second line uh, to fill in the blanks because we couldn't just go out and spend money on on a replacement. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's maybe I'm the only one. I don't know, but I just you know I, I just the two of them. I, I just can't get that out of my mind. How how much this team hinges on the two of them being. Uh, uh, you, you know, filling in that that top six, and I think everything else will will take care of itself uh, if that's the case. Um, um, you know, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick follow-up? And then if you have anything else sure. around the league, that's cool. Because um, Glenn, and I agree with Glenn on this, uh, this roster with another defenseman uh, or a veteran defenseman, I will have to go start looking in the um, – the, the garage sale on teams that are not going to go nowhere for that. but So that would mean what Schneider is out of the the, 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 the picture. He's going to be that alternate defenseman. Because Gustafsson has been playing well. Um, I mean, it's got to be him, right? Or it, it can't be Keandre, right? I know Keandre's had his struggles, but how do you look at as far as another defenseman? And then um, anything else from the league? I don't know who – I mean, yeah, I guess – all signs would point to Schneider being the odd man out. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, you know, I, I, it came up. Uh, I don't know if it came up if it was this year or last year in the in the off season when we were talking about uh, the possibility of breaking up Truba and Miller. And if I remember correctly, I, I don't think it was unanimous. It was it was not a unanimous no. Don't touch them. Um, you know, I, th- I think Fox and Lindgren is untouchable, um, and we can get into the uh, the whole Lindgren salary, uh, you know, contract thing in a later time. But for now, we've got him until the end of the season, I would assume. Um, you know, so that's an untouchable pair. But I, yeah, I mean, Keandre, you know, we, we know what he can do, but he he seems like he keeps taking these steps back, and, and he's you know he he's got a. You know, he, 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 we know what he can do both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, he can he can catch up to anyone and with that, you know, giant 30-foot stick he's got, you know, break play, plays up. But it seems like he's, he's, he's flying back on defense to break up uh, odd man rushes that he caused in the first place. So, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, I think last year he took a step back and, and he looked like, you know, he was having a better year this year. But, you know, he's... He, he hasn't progressed to the point that I would have liked. <laughs> so I, I would, if it were up to me, uh, I would have Keandre as the rotating defenseman. I, I, I really would. I, I think it, 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 Truba's having a phenomenal year. He leads the league in block shots. Um, you know, and obviously what he brings to the ice, uh, you know, as far as he's the captain, you know, you can't platoon your captain. Um, and, but, you know, I think just, you know, he, he's matched what he can do on the ice uh, with, with what he brings to the locker room and to the team. So it's not going to be him. Um, you know, I, I think I think Schneider, honestly, is more dependable than, than, than Keandre. I really do. Keandre brings more offensively, sure. But, um, you know, remember, Truba was the first defenseman out of this bunch that arrived, and he was supposed to be the offensive genius. Um, it just so happened we, we got a guy named Adam Fox. <clears throat> you know, he was supposed to be the uh, the, the power play uh, quarterback and all that. So that being said, um, yeah, I think, you know, Sh- you know Schneider is, is, is not, you know, going to get us 50 points on defense and whatnot, but I think all around he's been more depend- dependable than, than Keandre, and if it were up to me, um, I, I don't think it would be him. He'll probably, be, because of his inexperience, um, you know, be, be the, uh, you know, the first man out, but I, I would have it as Keandre. That's what I would do. Okay. All right, well, we'll get you uh, final, uh, on the final thoughts around the league as well. But, Carl, let's go to Carl and get his thoughts. Blue shirts, anything around the league, and then we'll go get some final thoughts. But, Carl, anything else you'd like to add about the blue shirts or anything from around the league you'd like to add? Uh, we had a focus on the Kraken and the Jets. If you want to go elsewhere, that's fine. It's cool. 
you know, you know, we're talking about the the four game, you know, the the four game losing streak, and and how I think Glenn mentioned too, sort of giving back some of the some of the deposits in the bank that you, know, you could say, you could say that the Rangers had had put in earlier in the season. But you know, as time goes along, you you kind of figure that might even itself out. Where where Philadelphia and Carolina, the real just sort of the two teams that are going to compete with the Rangers for that number one spot in the division. You'll probably see, unless that they go on some crazy run over over time here, that'll you know they'll probably have a couple of losing streaks here. So perhaps that'll even itself out. I think. Do we know? Do you guys know off the top of your head how many more times the Rangers play Carolina and or Philadelphia the rest of the season? I have to look mm, at the calendar. I'll, to, I'll take a look. Fair, to, okay. I'll take a look because you know but, I know. Some, I know sometimes the calendar can kind of put it up where you know you get the games out the way early as opposed to having. I think I think it was last year. I think we may have had the the Rangers were kind of finished with the Devils. I think at some point, like right around the middle of March, I think it was last year. So um, that's something that I'm kind of just sort of keeping back of mind as perhaps the situation where maybe they get the separation at that point. Um, you know, throughout the four. league, you know, once they got say it again. Four, uh, I counted oh, four, okay. between Carolina and Philadelphia. Okay. okay. Not as much as, not as, much as, I, as I would have thought. Um, one thing I am monitoring is, there's actually a couple of things. One thing I am monitoring is the wild card standing. So right now, you've got six teams that are two points apart for the last wild card, for the two wild card spots right now in the, in the Eastern Conference. And... You know, we talk, we talked about Washington earlier, but I'm looking. You look at some of these other teams. You know, Tampa, New Jersey is there. Um, let's see, Pittsburgh is there. They might end up making some moves at the trade deadline, maybe getting rid of guys. The Islanders are there, and and Detroit. So it's a, it's a very interesting mix. I don't know if the Rangers want to you know play the play the game with the Devils in the seven game series in the first round again. I don't know if they want to go down that road. You know, perhaps perhaps that might present itself. But that's something I am monitoring as as time goes along here to see exactly who can, who can, you know, jostle their way for, uh, for position. Um, other, two other things throughout the league. One, have you guys been talked about this, um, this Gauthier situation in Philadelphia? Haven't brought it up. Mm-mm. Okay. So he was, the, he was the player that was drafted by the flyers. Uh, I believe it was the fifth pick in the draft, either it was either last year or the year before. And, basically told the Flyers that he was not going to sign with them. Basically what happened. Now, Philadelphia was never given a reason as to why he was not going to sign with them if drafted. He basically just froze them out completely. I think he was at the juniors a couple weeks ago, and the Flyers wanted to try to have a, 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 you know, some sort of meeting just to, just to talk to him. And all matters of conversation were revoked, and they eventually traded him to uh, Anaheim. Um, to just, you know, cut their losses essentially. But it does tell you, you know, I've, I've always, you know, I've never been a big fan of, of sports leagues having drafts, um, basically sort of picking, you know, you're, where you're essentially sort of forced into a specific situation that is not, you know, in your control. I know we've we've had situations, at least on our end, where Jimmy VC decided he wasn't going to go to, you know, the place he was no. drafted, Adam Fox did the same thing, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so it's, it's worked in our favor a couple of times, uh, you know, in, in the previous years, you know, but I'm actually surprised more players in, 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 in more, in more leagues don't do this more. Like, listen, I'm, 
Like, you know, maybe he didn't like Philadelphia. Maybe there was something in the organization he didn't like. It's, it, I, I mean, hell, if you were drafting me to Buffalo, I probably would think the exact same thing. Like, if, like you're not going to subject my career to that. What, are you crazy? So that, that, that's something that... You know, that's something that I, you know, I, I, it was something that when I saw that this the other this past uh, week and a half, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm good good for him, and you know who knows what you know what his career will will turn out to be. I know Lindros, that was kind of the first guy I, I always remember that did that yeah. when I was a kid growing up. Um, he yeah. basically told I think it was Quebec, like, listen, like I'm not going there. Like <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going there. Yeah. And and it sort of played out that way. So you know that was one thing. And then the last thing was something that happened in the game on Saturday, and it and you know what? I, listen, we all have our feelings about Tom Wilson and 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 what he does on the ice, but I do have mm-hmm. to give, um, I do have to say, Mr. Brzezinski, a, put yourself in a better position to not get drilled, because that play when he gets mm-hmm. boarded towards the end of the first period, he sees him coming, and turns around, and of course he gets drilled. Everybody, you know, is upset. Bruhaha happens you know, gets charged for a penalty. Messier, during the intermission, yeah. basically says, hey, you know, why is why is this player putting himself in a, in a vulnerable position like this on purpose yeah. as a means of trying yeah. to draw a penalty? Come on. You know? And, you know, so that, those kind of things, like if you're going to try to put yourself in, in that position to, to, to injure yourself, as a means to try to draw two minutes, I'm sorry. I, I am not for that at all. Just you, you know what's happening. He's coming at full speed. You can protect yourself, and you decide to do something like that. You know, that, that's, that's too dangerous of a move to, 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 try to, to try to pull off, and it can shorten your career if you, if you do that thing wrong. I'm sorry. But, you know, Wilson should not have been penalized for that. It, it, it's a bang-bang play, and everybody gets upset. But that was just something that, you know, I agree with Messier on that. I hear that. I hear that. Shouts to you, Carl. Thank you very much. That is an interesting point as far as players getting drafted and refusing to go. And I, I never really got a clear-cut answer back then with Fox or VC to Nashville. I just remember – it was kind of vague to me. If Glenn, you could fill us in on that, on your final thoughts and anything. Matter of fact, we'll, we'll, let's do this because we'll be back on next Tuesday at 8 p.m. because the Blue Shirts will be out on the West Coast. And we are not doing a post game at like two o'clock in the morning after San Jose. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, oh, we're not. You want to pick oh, another? We're not. You sure? About Hell that? no. <laughs> oh no, man. I, I, I need my sleep, my guy. I need my sleep. Now, if you want to pick two teams, another two teams, you want to? Um, um, we could deep dive into next Tuesday, uh, Glenn. I'd, it's cool, man. Which which two you want to do next Tuesday? Vancouver and Philly. You know what, Vancouver has shown they are playing well, man. You know what, night and day difference. I don't know if Seattle was tired tonight, but just the energy of what Vancouver did the previous week on our home ice, like just – I think did we sleep on Vancouver? I mean, I thought they were going to be a, a bridge. I thought they were going to be a. I think we had them in the playoffs, right? Like maybe. Well, I think some of you guys were still riding on the Calgary wave, and I was off the Calgary wave. But but Vancouver, did we sleep on Vancouver to win the division? I mean, that's what it's kind of looking like. Yeah. That, that's the question. Are they going to hold off Vegas? I don't know. I don't think so. But what are your thoughts? Final thoughts from you, Glenn. On and we'll do Vancouver and Philadelphia next week. That's good too. That's yeah, good I mean, that's, that's a case. Those I, are two cases. I mean, to me, 
maybe the Flyers and the Canucks are, are the teams in this league that I can think of that just came out of nowhere, uh, that nobody expected either of those teams to be where they are at this point at the beginning of the season. So I think they'd be two that we can kind of uh, focus on next week. Um, All right. Yeah, you know, two things. I'll, I'll, I'll go around the league, and it's been a – it's been a strange two, three weeks in the league. You've got teams like uh, uh, L.A. who uh, started off real well, and then they lost eight in a row. Uh, you got uh, Vegas, who uh, also started out uh, guns blazing in the beginning of the season. They, they lost eight out of 11. Uh, and, then you, and then you got teams like Edmonton winning 10 in a row, which, by the way, what Scott mentioned, too, that shocked me when I heard that, that those Edmonton teams in the late 80s didn't win 10 in a row. But, uh, he's certainly right that uh, you, you got to have the context of uh, not having overtimes and, and shootouts, uh, but that did shock me as well. But it's been kind of weird. You got you got teams that are that are going on long winning streaks, and you got other teams that you know were considered top teams in the league that uh, kind of you know went on a longer losing streak than you'd ever expect. And I think that's one thing with the Rangers that you can kind of point out is. You know they've they've treaded water for the last twenty games, going five hundred, but uh, they haven't had you know that long losing streak where you lose eight out of nine or something. So you know give them credit for that. I mean they they uh, you know like we talked about. I don't know that they're back yet. I think there's still some questions to be answered, but um, you know they didn't allow the uh, uh, they didn't uh, allow the avalanche to happen. Uh, where, you know, they just kind of got buried and you're kind of wondering, you know, what the heck happened? How did this happen to this team? Uh, so, you know, give them credit for that. And then my last thought, just what you guys were talking about uh, with the Philadelphia situation, I don't know how good this kid is, uh, uh, so I can't really comment. But, you know, if, if a kid tells a team, don't draft me, I'm not coming, then why would you draft them? <laughs> you know, why don't you listen to them? Uh, but – uh, Philly, I think, you know, did a pretty good job. They got Jamie Drysdale, who's a good young defenseman. They got a third round. Uh, so uh, I think they did pretty well in that situation, considering that uh, everybody in the league knew that the kid wasn't going to Philly. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I thought Philly did a good job with that. But I, I don't know why in the world that they don't listen to these kids when they're coming out and if they say, I'm not coming to play for you, so don't draft me. And then they go ahead and draft him anyway and think they're going to try and talk him out of it. So uh, that, you know, good for the kid. Uh, like Carl says, I, I'm surprised that more more kids coming out don't do that as well. Uh, so that's my final thoughts for tonight. Thank you, Glenn, very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, if – I would love to see like some sort of documentary they have explaining why they wouldn't go or whatever, or some sort of some sort of rapport, or some transparency. I would like to know the answer to that on why they would. I have no clue. Uh, Scott, your thoughts, hey, your hey, final let me, thoughts. Hey, let, let me let me throw one thing at you uh, in terms of that. Uh, when I when I was younger, you I've talked about it before that I was a goalie and everything, and you know never never played in school. They didn't have. Uh, uh, a hockey team at my school or whatever. So I played in house leagues and things like that. And I always thought about, wow, you know, if I was ever really good, like really, really good uh, to, to consider being drafted by a team in the NHL, my luck, it would be the Islanders. And then I would be like, all right, what am I going to do now? Am I really going to do this? <laughs> so I could understand uh, that that was my rationale. 
so you know, you never know. Uh, you know, maybe the kid yeah. and Bobby Clark were security turned him down or something, <laughs> and you know, anything. But uh, I always figured that if I was ever that good and I got drafted, it would probably be by the Islanders. So <laughs> yeah, but you know, you see that all the time. Like uh, you're a player, all the sports. Like they play, like they're from a certain city or whatever, and they got drafted by the rival. Like we've seen this uh-huh. before, so uh-huh. they, a lot of those guys don't turn it down. I don't know, maybe they, they you know, it's business is business. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Glenn, on that. And then uh, let's get Scott' I, final thought. We're out of time. That actually is the reason. That, ac- well, that business, actually right? is the reason is that the the common you know theme is that hey, listen, if I get drafted, I'm just lucky to be drafted, and you mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. be appreciative. You're not being picky as to where it is. Unless you've got the power, you know, being a top, you know, two, three, four, five pick. But if you're, you know, the other 20 or 30 guys that get drafted in those, you know, or I think this is what, seven rounds of the draft? And I think it is seven rounds. 200 players get drafted. Hey, you're just, you're taking me in? Fine. That's sort of the general position. But if you've got sure. the power, you can kind of maneuver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the only team I could think of right now that if a team would say, I, we're going to draft it, I would say hell no to is the Arizona Coyotes because their situation is so up in the air. They have a terrible arena situation right now. We talked about, remember, we were picking four random cities in Canada and in, in the United States where the Arizona Coyotes are going to end up. Like, that's the situation I say, nah, man, if I'm going to have a blossoming career and a positive career, I'm going to help. At least put me in a city with a, a, a stable city, stable uh, franchise. That would make more sense. But anyway, that's just me. Uh, Scott, final thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't want to necessarily get drafted by the Devils or Islanders, but at least they're stable franchises. I mean, um, you know, at least you got a decent crowd and, uh, you know, so be in. Let me get my four years in here and see if I can get myself traded or whatever. But uh, as far as the teams that are um, <laughs> the, the surprises, the Flyers, the more I think about it, the more I hear from the normal Flyer fans that I know, they, they, they've they been rebuilding in the right direction, and they, they knew this was coming. They knew they were on their way up, and I think they just arrived a little ahead of schedule. So it's not like they're a fluke. They're, they're just early. I mean, don't forget, we were early too. I mean, we kind of – sleepwalked through that season two years ago and then all of a sudden caught fire at the right time uh, right before the playoffs and then the playoffs and the Devils kind of did it last year. So um, I think they just kind of arrived early. I don't necessarily think they don't deserve to be here. Uh, Carolina's obviously getting their act together. Goaltending's still a problem. Uh, I think the Islanders are finally imploding, are finally going away. I mean, don't forget, they're the only reason they're even in the playoff conversation is because of that loser's point, which is, you know, if there's ever a case to get rid of the loser's point, it is the 2023-2024 New York Islanders. Um, The the Devils uh, goaltending, I mean, Jack Hughes is hurt again. Um, You know, I I figured the Devils would be uh, making a run by now. Um, The goaltending is seriously an issue for them. They're 6-3-1 in their last 10, but uh, they can't really put any uh, any kind of streak together. And, um, you know, again, we're we're, we're now in in, in the back nine this season, so uh, I, I don't want them to make the playoffs, but uh, I think they will, but I figured they'd be making their run by now. Um, but for, for my final thoughts, you know, I, I've obviously been very, very critical of, of, of the uh, the NHL in terms of marketing, and more importantly, public uh, the, the player safety, but 
in watching the NFL in the last couple of weeks, and, and actually I've had gripes about this for, for years with the NFL, I actually want to give the NHL credit for one thing, and that's how they handle concussions and concussion protocol. I mean, the NHL really takes it seriously and, you know, really makes sure that these guys are back to 100% or, you know, close to back to 100% after a concussion as you can be. Uh, and the NFL is just an absolute joke with it. I mean, they're just as much of a joke as, as the NHL is with punishing dirty hits. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you, if you guys have been watching. Like, uh, and it's been going on for years. Remember, remember uh, you know, Tua a couple of years ago, or last year, two years ago, had a concussion, came back, had another concussion? Like, what, did he miss any time? <laughs> I mean, um, Pat, Patrick Mahomes went helmet to helmet with a guy. His helmet exploded. And he didn't even miss any. I mean, they're, they're not going to – the NFL is, of course, not going to dare mess up the Taylor Swift show. Uh, so they're not going to take it's, – it's unbelievable. They're in the, the Steelers-Bills game. There were two guys on the Steelers who were both in the tent for, for concussion protocol at the same time, and I think they both came back in the game. I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how, how the, they, just, they just don't care. Even with the CTE thing, now, you know, obviously they can't hide that anymore. They can't deny it anymore. Um, they just don't care. They just want these guys in the game at all costs. And, and you know, it, when I see this, it, it, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it's not laughable. It's, 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 it, it angers me. It angers me. Um, you know, they, it makes me think of like I actually do give the NHL credit for that. Remember when Sidney Crosby missed? What he missed like an entire season for a concussion, and this was like 2010, 2011. This was like the the heart of them shoving Crosby down our throats, and they kept him out for a year. You know, or, or the better part of one. Um, so I, I, I do want to give you know credit where it's due, and that's how the NHL handles you know concussions. And and, and remember, I was it last year or two years ago when Igor took a shot in the mask, um, and then after the whistle, he took his, his helmet off, and he was you know he's just making facial expressions to, to, to work out his muscles and, and, and the league stopped him and, and pulled him out of the game so they could bring him. Remember, he was furious. You know, the ref was trying to explain to him to him and he was screaming at the ref and the ref was like, well, I'm sorry, it's, it's not my call. It's Toronto's call. And they made him leave the game. And I think he came back for the shootout, but you know, the, the league dragged him out of the game to get tested. So uh, when I see what's going on in the NFL, you know, I, I got to give my, my hats off to the NHL. And the one thing that they do right on the, on the league uh, level is the concussion protocols because the NFL is just infuriating. They, they just do not care. Um, All right. So, yeah. And, and while we're on the topic of the NFL, I just want to say how no, glorious no, 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 no. it was. What? Finish, finish up. We got to wrap up. We got to wrap up. Go ahead. Right, eight finish seconds. Up. Eight seconds. Cowboy, Cowboys, Steelers, Eagles, all bounced. All fan bases shut sure. up in a 24-hour span. That is as good of a weekend as we can have with no Giants. That's all I got. That Amen. is a conversation on Thursday. You guys should come in and have the festivities <laughs> and parties with Carl and the gang on Thursday. That's a that's a conversation going to carry on on Thursday at 7 p.m. Come on through. Carl, your final thing. thoughts on the hockey Pain over here. I'm gonna, I, mean, I had that ready to go at around 11 o'clock last night when uh, when the final score uh, uh, played itself out. But no, throughout, hey, listen, it's been it's been a good week. We've got we've got All Star Week coming up in about I think about ten about two weeks I think coming up here. So it'll be a nice break, you know, to have that. Uh, the rest of the league is looking you know looking pretty well as we as we get ready to head down to the uh, trade deadline stretch, and that's really right when we're going to kind of figure out you know where everybody's moving, where everybody's shaking, and you know, for the Rangers, we talked about, you know, they got to figure out a way to kind of 
get things get things going in a good way. No more of this sort of you know one here, one win here, one loss here, one win here, one loss here. Like after a while, you know, you play too many, you keep doing that the rest of the way here, then you kind of give me the impression that really. You know, you're much more of that than you were with the first 22 games, 23 games of the season. So, from that standpoint, you just sort of look at that. And uh, but, oh, you know, there was one thing that I did want to mention. I thought I thought Scott was going to mention it, but he did not. Um, you know, the the NHL kind of started this a couple of years ago, and and the other leagues have taken, um, you know, taken this. We'll see what the NBA does in the next couple of years. Um, you may have noticed that the NFL did a playoff game on streaming on Saturday mm-hmm. on Peacock. And, you know, of course, the NHL has been doing games this season in the previous seasons on ESPN+. Plus. You, the, the final numbers came out, and I believe it was, 20, it was either 23 or 28 million people found their way to the streaming service to watch that game, whether they subscribed to the service or whether they had it on their cable service. And what that is, the impact of that, and what these other leagues are going to take from that is that, you know what, there is a, a, a very good market to put more games on streaming services. The NHL is probably going to be putting more of the, their games on that ESPN Plus going forward. And so the success of what you saw is you're going to probably see playoff games going forward on ESPN Plus as well. I know TNT is going to, you know, we'll see what they do with their with their max uh, coverage service. But the success of what happened on Saturday is going to reverberate throughout the rest of these leagues. You just watch. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I totally agree, man, because that's the way of the world. We are in the 21st century streaming, uh, I guess you could say, um, well, here's, streaming here's the era. If the folks, here's the thing, Steve. If the folks didn't were, were to reject it, then there would be a different conversation about it. But they didn't, and the fact that that number with, with on a streaming service did you know ten to fifteen percent less than it than it did if you take your regular remote and put it on channel I don't know whatever the channel is you know whatever the local station would have had the game. The fact that it did almost as well tells you that leagues can now can confidently say. Wherever the game is, folks will find it. Right on. That is absolutely correct. Because you know what the advantage to that is? I think it's the, uh, we all know. Because if you have a phone or a tablet, you could watch that anywhere at any given point as long as you have a you know a cell phone or a Wi-Fi connection. That's the big advantage. So, for instance, Carl, I, I know we're out of time. But, you know, think about it like this. If you're at a friend's house, you have they have Wi-Fi. And maybe they're watching the Rangers on one a TV, you know, MSG or something. But you have your tablet and you want to watch the Dolphins and the Chiefs on Saturday. You can pull it up on your tablet as long as you have an account. It's a win-win. So people have multiple ways of watching their sports. And it has been always a target for the younger – we're middle-aged guys. and like This, this is more for the, 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 the 20-year-olds. The, 20, the, the younger people are, are, love the stream. That's their, that's their thing. It's just the old heads. It's the, uh, the uh, get-off-my-lawn type of cats. <laughs> Those are the guys you have to influence because they're the old school. You know, right? You know, Scott, Glenn, and Carl, you know, that's, that's just the way of the world. But that's where it's going. Box, I think boxing is going to Amazon Prime. If I, I thought I saw, uh, I think a piece on that sometime in December. 
how boxing, like how dead that sport was, and now they're going to Amazon Prime. Well, why you couldn't blame it? I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix went with live sports. I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix went with live sports. And, and Carl, you brought it. Remember, Carl, you brought up the great analogy a couple of years ago. I think on the football show, right? You can't be blockbuster forever. <laughs> this is why Netflix is Netflix. Oh yeah, you can't be blockbuster in a world of Netflix. So that that's. You know, the average age of the folks that watch television pretty much, like, you know, you're talking about the old heads, is somewhere around, I think it's like 45 to 55. Mm-hmm. Well, 45 to 64. I think that's the demographic. Of norm, like, those folks, no, those folks normally don't, yeah. you know, yeah. Those folks are not normally going to just pull out a tablet or pull out a phone mm-hmm. and say, okay, let me let me log, I mean, let me type, you know, sign up for an account, at, you know, <laughs> and do all that stuff. You know, that's just <laughs> not the way. But, hey. You know, eventually, whether it be Apple TV Plus, uh, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, The Zone, um, you know, Max, Paramount Plus, you know, all of these services that when you sort of add them all up, it's right around what you pay for regular cable. Like the idea of like, oh, I'm just going to cut my cable and save money. Well, it doesn't if you do the math on it, it doesn't exactly work out that way. <laughs> the house mm-hmm. always wins, but that's that is the way, and we'll be seeing more of that going forward. All right, cool. Let's pick up on that conversation on Tuesday. Uh, Scott Glenn, feel free to come through on Thursday with the divisional games and the concussion is great points, Scott. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Blue shirts are on the West Coast. We'll also feature a little bit of Vancouver Canucks and Philadelphia Flyers. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Startup. Signing off, guys. We'll be back in a week. Good. This is a good episode. You know, and, and, and Glenn, I'll bring up some uh, AHL stuff, too, some OHL stuff. It gives me some time to catch up on and bring that to the table next week as well. So we'll be full circuit hockey, man. NHL, good. lower circuits. Sounds good, man. Right before the break. So I'm going to bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.